Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am Athlete Tonight. Man, NBA free agency is off to a crazy start. And we'll have all the moves and trades that happen for you live here on I Am Athlete Tonight. Former Pro Bowl punter Marquette King says, I'm done fighting and can't believe he doesn't have a job in the NFL. He joins the show later to talk about it. And will Zion Williamson be comeback player of the year in the NBA? We'll discuss that. But in the words of the great Jackie Moon, everybody panic. That is literally what is happening in the NBA world because Kevin Durant has requested a trade away from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, let's put this thing into perspective and bring it full circle. On June 30th in 2019, Kevin Durant signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Three years later, on the same exact day, he's asked, asked for a trade away from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, according to Chris Hayes, Kevin Durant has the Phoenix Suns listed as a preferred trade destination. League sources tell him ESPN is also reporting that the Miami Heat are also on Durant's short list. Um, We want to bring in our guest and friend, Christian Winfield, who is the Nets and NBA reporter for the New York Daily News. Now, Christian has been tuned in with all that is going on with the Nets in the NBA. So we want to bring him in to see what is going on with Kevin Durant. Christian, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me back, guys. Appreciate you to, to kind of answer your question really quickly. I mean, this was always been a package deal, right? It's always been Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the one who actually brought Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. So this is kind of just how it's played out. You know, mm. I, I think there was some sense among Kevin and Kyrie that ultimately a deal of Ky- to Kyrie's liking would get done that would keep him happy in Brooklyn. That obviously didn't happen. And now shortly after that, you see Kevin Durant request a trade. Now he could be heading to the Suns. He could be heading to wherever the Nets are going to get the most uh, in terms of, of draft picks and, and young players, maybe a potential star player, because you can't sell Kevin Durant for pennies on the dollar. That's not happening. Um, it, it's just... Let, let the record show this is a, a huge failure on the side of, of the Nets front office in terms of having this number of stars together and not putting together a team that can win a championship, not keeping this group together. You've got season ticket holders on Twitter talking about we saw Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on promotional materials before we bought our next season's worth of tickets. And now they're going to go see a team that could feasibly have Ben Simmons and some role players out there as this team rebuilds. Uh, it's a dark time for Brooklyn for sure when you consider where they came from, how they got to where they are, and now where it appears they're heading again. Christian, I, I got to ask this question, right? Because with Kyrie Irving opting in, I think everybody assumed that, you know, the Brooklyn Nets were going to be led by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. 
how the hell did we end up in this situation? This is what happens when you play hardball with, with someone like Kyrie. And, and this and Kyrie is the one player who maybe you might not want to do that with because he's so set in his ways that if he doesn't get his way, he's going to figure out another way to go about business. This way, it's okay, well, I'm headed out. Kevin is also headed out. And this has always been the threat of not retaining Kyrie, not giving him the deal that he wants, right? Because if you don't have – you have to understand, and you guys have been athletes, you guys know, you guys have competed at the highest level – you're probably not taking a one-year deal if you are playing at a high level and you have injury history that proves that you should have that long-term type of, of guarantee. The Nets didn't give him that. And ultimately, that's what it was. Kevin Durant said something really interesting on a podcast recently. He said, you know, my friendship with Kyrie Irving goes far beyond the basketball court. Once mm. I saw that, I said, okay, th- this, is, this, is, this is not done yet. And, and clearly it's not over. It's over for Brooklyn because Kevin Durant is gone. Well, let me ask you the question. It's... Well, actually, two questions. The first question is, is do you think KD took offense to the fact that they only get that Kyrie had to opt into his deal and they were not willing to offer him a max contract? And then the second part to my question, and you kind of just answered it a little bit when you talked about their friendship between those two. I'm from the school that um, it's basketball friends and it's real friends. I'm not really sure they're real friends. I think they're basketball friends. I think they respect each other. I still believe, you know, during the season they may go get dinner together, but I don't think they're hanging out in the summertime and they're getting together during vacation. So I just – and you can, you're can around those guys more than obviously us. So can you just give us an insight on that? Because it's hard to believe that they're as good as friends that they are. KD's got four years locked up. You opt into your deal, which I'm sure – and we know Brooklyn was going to do some type of deal with you. Why you wouldn't see this thing all the way through? Well, to, to kind of give you some perspective on that, I've been told that Kevin and Kyrie are open to deals that would send them as a package to another team. So that shows you how tight they still are, at least on the floor. I think they're good friends off the court as well. But I do think there is something to be said about Kyrie's decision not to get vaccinated and the ripple effect that it had for this season. This was a very important season for Kevin Durant for the Nets, for everybody involved. And that decision kind of trickled into James Harden wanting to trade. Now you trade James Harden, you get Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons doesn't even play. And for them to still want to play together going forward, and I have that on on, on good authority, I think they're as close as it would sound. And I think that goes to your first question as to whether Kevin felt maybe disrespected that the Nets didn't give Kyrie the deal that he was looking for. I think that played a, a good a good role in this decision. Now I think Kevin kind of feels like, Hey, if you guys aren't going to treat Kyrie who brought me here, right. Why should I even stick around? Go ahead, auntie. How you doing? My, you know, my question is what, what do you think is going through Steve Nash's head? <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, he had this squad or, or on paper, obviously the best team in the league on paper before the beginning of last season, and this whole debacle, including, you know, Kyrie calling practices after practice without him and and now his two star players obviously wanting out and probably getting out. Like, where do you think his head is? You know, I, I wouldn't rule out a Kenny Atkinson return to Brooklyn. And, and this is why um, mm. I, I've heard on multiple accounts that Steve Nash wanted to inherit a situation that was ready to compete for a championship right now. Um, that is no longer the case. And right. not only is that no longer the case, but 
No one is sold, not Nets fans, not Nets players, not Nets beat writers, that Steve Nash is the head coach of the future, just based on what we've seen from him in adjustments. It's based on what we've seen from Ime Udoka, by the way, was poached from Steve Nash's coaching staff and then sweeps him out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So right. it's 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 not certain that Steve Nash is going to be the guy. But I mean, to be frank, I don't know. We 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 could see Sean Marks be moved at this point because of the fumble job right here. When you have two superstars that are now asking out, we, there's so many different moving parts that I don't know where Steve Nash fits in on this. And that's why what's going through his head is, am I going to even have a job a month from now? Right. Mm-hmm. And one, one last question. Uh, if you had to guess, sure. Where are they going? Are they going um, together? Are they going different places? Where do you think no, they go? And I, I, I don't think that, so you've got Kevin Durant making 44 million in a year. You've got Kyrie Irving just opting into 37. That's about $80 million that the Nets are going to have to send out to a team for one team to take that back. They'd have to give up so many different players and then assets. Right. I don't think any one team has that type of package. Um, I've been told though, that Kevin Durant really wants to go to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns can give up Deandre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and they have draft picks that they could send. Kyrie Irving is a little bit more of a difficult find right because uh, um, I've been told that the teams that are interested in him are the Lakers obviously uh, and the Dallas Mavericks but when you look at the Dallas Ooh. Mavericks you only really have Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Davis Bertans you could try to get Spencer Dinwiddie back but that doesn't really help you um, the Lakers you'd have to find some sort of three-team trade because I've been told the, the Nets are not interested in, in taking Russell Westbrook back so that probably looks like Russ to Charlotte maybe the Nets get Terry Rozier and maybe they get Kelly Oubre in that deal as well or PJ Washington and draft picks, but it's going to depend on what type of package the Nets are able to get back. And if the Lakers are able to get those young players and draft picks back in a Russell Westbrook deal that they can reroute to Brooklyn. But you didn't answer my question. Well, what was it? Oh, where's he going? Oh, I think where, Kyrie's where gonna end going to end up on the Lakers. I think Kyrie's going to end up on the Lakers for sure. For sure. And I think oh, thank you for saying that in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> she's a big LeBron fan. If you did and didn't know, I, I could tell, I could tell already. <laughs> no, I was just saying for a long time that I think Kyrie ends up at the Lakers. Yeah. With the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. with. So that. You just added some credibility to that. Thank yeah, you very much. I, I, I think that's it. the, I think that's the most logical spot for him, for the Nets to get some sort of assets back. And I think the Suns can p- put together the best package for a deal for Kevin Durant. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable. With my teammates, Antoine Walker and Auntie Chantel Trimeter, we're talking to Christian Winfield, who is a Nets and NBA reporter for the New York Daily News. He's had his ear to the streets on his Brooklyn Nets situation with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has asked to be traded away from the Brooklyn Nets. And Christian, this is a perfect segue because you were just talking about that Suns package. And I know me and you were talking a little bit on Twitter about that. It seems like a lot of you know Nets fans and maybe even front office don't believe a package with a DeAndre Ayton, a, a Bridges, and a Cam Johnson and three first round picks isn't enough to me. I think that's a lot, right? Yeah. You're talking about three potential starters the Suns would be giving up and three first round picks. But there's also reports out there that are saying that the Nets would only do a deal with the Suns if it included uh, Devin Booker. But I don't even think that's possible, right? No, he just got his super max extension. I think yeah. four years, $214 million, which is, I mean, the average annual salary on that is something like $55 million a year which is just crazy. That's so much money for Devin Booker. Congratulations <laughs> to him. Um, but I, I th- I've also seen reports that suggest Kevin Durant could be headed to Miami for Bam Adebayo. Okay, that was my next question. Um, it's not the Suns. Where do you think he could go? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it, it happens with the Heat because Bam Adebayo would have to be the center of that package. And Bam just signed a like rookie max extension. Yep. And the collective bargaining agreement says you can only have one player on your roster that has that, that extension. The Nets have Ben Simmons. So they'd have to trade Ben Simmons in any deal to bring in Bam Adebayo. 
So that can't happen. Um, in terms of other teams that could trade for Kevin Durant, I'm not sure. I see some people saying, hey, the Warriors could put together a really nice package for oh, him, wow. too. I mean, you could see. He ain't going there. I don't, I don't think that what about happen. What about I, Toronto? I saw some <laughs> stuff about Toronto. I, I don't think, like, if Toronto gives up what it would take to get Kevin Durant, I don't think they'd be contenders anymore, right? Because you'd have to give up OG Ananobi. You'd have to give up a bunch of other guys. Now you're stuck with Kevin Durant, Scotty Barnes, and some role players. I, I don't know that that works. So I think Phoenix <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Um yeah, I think Phoenix, Phoenix makes think, the most sense right now. Let, let, let's ask Chris. We we know Phoenix makes the most sense basketball wise, and putting Kevin Durant in a good situation and receiving, you know, probably some decent players back in return. Let's just say this, and you let's say the Nets decide to put to say, "F you, KD. We're gonna mm-hmm. do this. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna trade you to a team. I don't Detroit Pistons, Indiana oh Pacers. I mean, teams that are in rebuilding mode." And do what they did and go to rebuilding mode and try to get you four or five first round draft picks. Just get pick heavy. Is that a possibility? Um, Because you don't know. We don't know how this relationship has went. All of a sudden, you know, three hours before free agency starts, you just hit you hit the team, the the team with this big whammy. You want a trade request. What if they just say, listen, we don't care. We're going to take all picks and we get all these scenarios out the way. See, that's the scary part about this because they can do that if they really want to do that. Let, let me let me ask now, you the other side of that question, though, Antoine. You, you were a player in the league for so many years. If you saw the Nets treat a star player the way that you're suggesting they, they treat him, which is send him to a team that will never make the playoffs, send him to Detroit, ooh. would you then sign as a prospective free agent? Would you ever consider signing with that team for an extension or for an extended period of time, knowing that they're going to just send you to whatever team? I think they're in a unique position. I don't think every organization can do that, but Brooklyn Nets is in a, a good spot to play basketball, so it's not necessarily – so I can't just say that. I think if, you know, we were talking about the Utah Jazz or OKC trying to do that, then that's a different story. But when you talk about the Brooklyn Nets, that's a decent destination if I'm a free agent. But we don't know if they're treating them bad. Kevin Durant requested a trade. This you got to know true. how to, this is this playing out. The only thing – only reason I see it may not be in happen, but the thing that's attractive about KD's situation – he has four years guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You know, usually some, usually sometimes when these stars have big deals like this, they usually got you got to re-sign them. They only got one year left on their deal. He has four years guaranteed. So Brooklyn can do. You know, they could go that route. I mean, I don't know if those organizations are willing to give up everything for a guy, and if you can't put the pieces around him to win, but they could play. They could try to wait out and do that part. You know, I, I heard I heard some rumblings about, you know, potentially the Clippers, including Paul George in a deal for Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm wondering what you guys think about that. It's uh, what, what do you guys think? Like if you put Paul George, if you put Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard together, do you Ooh. think that's enough to get you over the hump? And if you're Brooklyn, right, do you want to take back a player in Paul George when maybe you're heading for a rebuild or a retool? Or does Paul George put you with Ben Simmons? Does that put you over the hump? to be able to then get back to competing in the playoffs. What do, what do you guys think? Well, I think I would, I, I think, I think I would definitely try it. I mean, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I would take, I, I would take, um, and I like, I like Paul George, but I would definitely take Kevin Durant in the Kawhi Leonard situation. Of course, I think if you watch these championships and we watch the finals in the four teams, we got to be realistic. You know, it's, it's, a, it's more, it's just, it's, it's great to have stars, but more importantly, you got to continue to be able to put pieces around them that can help you win. 
Right. So it depends what else you have to give up. The Clippers will have to give up. Are they giving up a Rob Covington? Are they giving up a Norman Powell in that deal? Guys that make those make those runs really possible to get a championship. So those are hard decisions. But I mean, just as a basketball guy, and I know in basketball, I'm gonna take my chances with Kawhi Leonard and KD every day, every day, every day of the week. We'll figure it out from there. Yeah, you know no what I mean? Question. We'll figure it out from there. Absolutely. Christian, uh, quick question before we let you go. Kevin Durant, what yeah. do you think this does to his legacy, right? Because now we've seen him leave OKC and join a 73-win team. The 73-win team of the Golden State Warriors. He decided to have his own team in Brooklyn, got you know Kyrie to come there, helped and traded for you know James Harden to come there. And now he's leaving again to potentially go to well, they said he wanted to go to the Suns. That's his preferred destination. They were the number one seed last year in the West. So what do you think this does for his legacy? So there's two sides to this question, right? Number one, I've seen the work Kevin Durant puts in in practice behind the scenes. I've seen that work then translate on the court to being one of the most efficient players in the playoff series to being just absolutely dominant. Let me tell you something. I watched the Nets had about eight players or nine players go into the COVID-19 protocols. And I watched Kevin Durant with four rookies on the floor with him outplayed Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and a bunch of other guys on the 76ers. And they won that game. Right. So in terms of individual greatness, Kevin Durant is one of the top of all time, but there has to be something said about taking that greatness and having it win championships, right. Having that translate to team success and, it just hasn't happened here in Brooklyn. And mm. this is what everybody wanted to see, right? They, they saw him win two finals MVPs with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. And yes, we understand that maybe the Warriors wouldn't have won those rings without, with K, without KD, but can he get it on his own when you mm. have a guy like Kyrie, when you have a homemade situation in Brooklyn, the answer has been no. And if he gets traded to Phoenix, that's not a situation he put together either. So it, it what it does for his legacy in terms of all-time greats, I think all-time greats, there's a level of you have to win championships. There has to be a level of team success. I, I don't know if that helps him, but in terms of individual skill and greatness and, and how easily he can score on anybody, I think that remains unchanged. I think one of the biggest um, spaces left in his legacy, Christian, is Kevin Durant hasn't proven yet that he can make others around him better, yeah. but he has proven that great players around him make him better yeah and and so you you wonder what do you do better on a team like you said um where he's the guy right he is the guy not another yeah. superstar or whatever um and that's you know that's something that remains to be seen i, I will say this I know, I, I know you guys got to get me out of here auntie yeah, i got a question for you go ahead christian you're good you no know, how much do you weigh team usa success I happen to think that if Kevin Durant wasn't on that team, we're not looking at USA winning gold this year. And some people say you right. can swap him out with another star. I don't think that's the case. I think if you have somebody else not named KD on that team, that team USA, team USA doesn't win gold over the years. So does team winning, does basically power right. team USA to gold compensate for this failed trip to Brooklyn or not? Really? I don't think so. I, Cause you know what? It, it, you got a lot of stars on, on an Olympic team. Sure. It, you know, that's totally different, I think. And, and it's just, you know, did even on the Olympic team, did he just play his best ball or did he make everyone else around him better? That, like, that and, and that's question. the yeah. biggest question. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Real, real quick, Christian, uh, before we get to break, this will be the last thing, uh, you know, free agency is going on right now as we're speaking, what's early signing really stood out to you? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I think 
number one, seeing Bradley Beal go back to D.C. is good. I don't think we're going to see that be a sign and trade. I don't think it's it's all the time. I mean, we're seeing Kevin Durant leave Brooklyn after three years, but Bradley Beal is recommitting after losing, losing, losing in D.C. I think there's something to be said for that. Um, and, and, you know, the Knicks getting Jalen Brunson is going to be something that everybody talks about. I happen to think that Dejounte Murray would have been a better fit on that team. But mm. at a certain point, you have to go and make a splash and bring in somebody that can help you compete at that next level. I think Jalen Brunson is going to be able to do that. It's just a matter of his size. Right? We're talking about six feet, six foot one in a league that's just getting bigger. Is that going to work? Are the, are the Knicks going to look back on that decision three years from now, scratching their head as to why they, they did some dummies? Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate dummies. you stopping by with us, Kristen, talking all things Brooklyn Nets and NBA. That's Kristen Winfield. The NBA and Nets reporter for the New York Daily News, man. He's been had his ear to the ground close to this Brooklyn situation with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Appreciate you stopping by and chopping it up with us again, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime. Take All care. Right. We got my guy, KJ Wright, 11-year NFL linebacker, Super Bowl champion when he was with the Seattle Seahawks last year, played for the Las Vegas Raiders. KJ, man, thanks for joining us. What's going on, fellas? Appreciate y'all having me. Of course, man. Now, we understand you had an amazing weekend. I know you did a charity basketball event back in Olive mm-hmm. Branch, Mississippi. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, had a fantastic weekend. We had uh, our first charity alumni basketball game, and I literally got all the fellas going back. We went back to the 1980s all oh, the way wow. to the 2000s, man. And we had a live basketball game, three-point shootout. We had alumni dance team, alumni cheerleaders. I just essentially wanted to get the whole city together, man, have a good time and raise money for the school. So it was a fantastic event. Now, we know about your, your football game, your football career, but I, I saw that your nickname was Elevator. In basketball. Elevator, yeah. Basketball <laughs> skills. And also, I believe they retired your basketball jersey, right? Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I was about 210 pounds in high school jumping out the gym uh. my senior year. So they, they called me the Elevator, man. And, and honestly, basketball was my first love. Basketball was my first love and played it since I was about four or five years old. And yeah, for them to retire my basketball jersey and football jersey, that meant a lot to me, man. So that city has been a blessing to me since day one. And it's only right that I give back each and every time that I possibly can. Twan, he said he would have gave you buckets, man. <laughs> would have dunked on him. <laughs> 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 dunked on him. <laughs> so, hey, KJ, I got one question go ahead, for you. Twan. I got one question for you. I don't know what these guys, but I got to know this question, man. Russell Wilson, man, how good is he, man? Is Denver in for a treat? Man, let me tell y'all something. I, pl- I had the blessing of playing with Russell for nine, ten years. There's not, I don't think there's a single quarterback that I would rather have on Sundays than this dude. You, you're never out the game. You could be down 21-0 with four minutes to left. This dude believed that he go get, this dude believed he'll get the job done. And the way that he prepares, the way that he, um, that he's never out, his positivity is just infectious. And so when um, he was legendary in Seattle, definitely put together a Hall of Fame resume when it's with the Seahawks. And so Denver definitely got a hell of a player. And um, I can't wait to see what he does. He's going to some dogs with Patrick Mahomes and um, Derek Carr and Justin Herbert. Mm. So it's going to be tough for him to, you know, put up 40 plus points a game. But if anybody can do it, it's going to be Russell. KJ, man, it it makes sense, right? That you as a basketball player, because the way y'all linebackers get y'all drops in Seattle throughout the years and y'all used to pick stuff up, it makes sense. Because I used to, I'm a cornerback. I used to hate when my linebackers ain't getting no depth. But (laughs) man, just talking about your time in Seattle, right? You Mm -hmm. won the Super Bowl, you made a Pro Bowl. You accomplished Mm -hmm. so much on the field, right? 
Me mm -hmm. as being a veteran and, you know, I retired, you know, because of injuries. But you as a player, you got so much more in the tank. I want to know what is it that you want to achieve on the field um, and what motivates you that want to go out there and still be KJ Wright? Because you're a hell of a player, bro. Yeah. Like, what still motivates you out there? Yeah, let me tell you, uh, when I first got drafted into the NFL, I had one goal, and that was to play 10 years. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. said, Lord, if I get 10 years, I am very happy. And I hit that. I hit that with Seattle. But my, my 10th year was so dang good. I'm like, I got to keep this thing going. Yeah, I, 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 I got to keep it going. And um, but I'm telling you, Fly, was my free agency year going into after my 10th year. It wasn't what I expected. Yeah. It was a quiet offseason, man. The, the money wasn't I guess the money was dried up because of the Kobe year. And um, it was looking scary. And I thought my career was going to be over because I wasn't about to play for no vet minimum. Yeah. But um, I still wanted to play. But thankfully, the Raiders came and um, just the emotional war in that I went in last year. I'm like, dang, I mean, I love Bob, but I'm not willing to pick up and leave my family like I did last year. because My family had to stay back. Uh -huh. They didn't come uh -huh. with me to Vegas. And I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing that again. And so I think it's pretty well known where I stand at, how I want to end my career. Uh, going into my 12th season, if it's not in Seattle, then I'll be all good. Mm. I like that. So, yeah. so you're saying if, if it, it doesn't happen for the Seattle Seahawks year 12 for KJ Wright, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's, you're fine walking off into the sunset. I'll, I'll be, I'll, it'll hurt. I, I'm not like, it'll yeah. hurt. I know that that walking away from the game will be, you know, that, that's hard to do, but um, they know where I stand. They know where I stand, but I, I love my family more than I love football. So I'm not willing to just up and, and go to a team mid season for, you know, five months. You know, I got I got three kids and I, I love them way more than just up and leave them oh. and play some balls. So we'll see. See, I don't know my heart. It's only it only makes sense for me to go back. And so we'll see what they end up doing. Well, it's interesting, right, KJ? Because me, me, and you talk right during your free agency year after your tenure, you had a really good year. I was trying to get you to my Jets, right? You know, you had a rapport <laughs> with Robert Sala. He was up in Seattle with you for a few years. Um, so I, I wanted you, and we're actually watching highlights right now. You, you knocked out one of our running backs just now. Uh, but, but I wanted you to go to New York, but you ended up going to Vegas. How was it playing in Vegas? Because you've been in Seattle your whole life. Like, that's a big change going from Seattle it to was, Las yeah. Vegas. What was that transition like? It's different. It was different. Just playing on the Coach Carroll, man, it's just... It's fun. It's energetic. It's um. It's, I won't say loose, but we have we have a good time in Seattle. But when I got when I got to Vegas, it was it was direct. It was straight. Be here at this time. It's what we're doing. We getting in. We getting out. And mm. I had to experience a post coach John Gruden and Rich Passaccia. and so on. Um, just had a, a up and down season. Like we had a lot of stuff going on, but I'm, I really enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. We made the playoffs. Got ten wins, mm. and um, I had a fantastic time in, in Vegas last year. KJ, I got one for you. Let's say you go Talk back to, to Seattle this year, right? Who mm -hmm. would you want under center? I just <laughs> Baker, Mike, and Land over there. Who would KJ Wright want to lead his team if he went back to Seattle? To I'll tell you, team? not Baker Mayfield. Um, I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> not not um not so Drew Locke. We, we ain't gonna play those games. We ain't gonna play those games. I'm team Geno all day. Gino, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell everybody Gino gonna win this job. I like yeah, that. I like that. And, and, 
And when you look at Gino, he went to the Jets, and um, it was tough. It was it was rough. It was rough in New yeah, York. Yeah, I was, it was rough seeing that. Him. He was young. He was young, man. Yeah, and, there and was um, maturity issues. But he's I, I've I talked to Gino because he lives down here in South Florida. I talked to him on a regular. We have the same physical therapist, and he's grown so much since his time in New York. Right, the maturity level is there. And when he had the opportunity when Russ got hurt last year, he actually played well. Now people yeah. are saying he didn't play well, but I'm like, bro, he had like no, hundred rating, well. qu- quarterback rating. Like he played mm-hmm. well. He played as well as he could in that offense right so like if he knows he's going in with the potential to be the starter this year i think he will really gravitate to that job and play really well so you i mean you were teammates with gino for a little bit you tell tell us about Mm -hmm. Gino and why you think he could potentially win this job in seattle gino is good i had he was was scout team quarterback the dude has a cannon for an arm he's intellectual you know having those two minute drills during practice throughout the week the man can play and so you give this man a just trust him just trust gino and what i said was Whoever you decide to be at your starting quarterback, the other guy has got to leave. You cannot have both mm-hmm. those guys in the building throughout the season because what's going to happen, let's say game three or four, <laughs> yeah. they're not playing as well. What they what the fans going to do? Start, hey, I'll we put, need the guy. We need we need the other guy in. Yeah, put, put the backup in. And so to hell with all that. Whoever's the starting quarterback, the other guy, you got to trade him or cut him. Go ahead, Twan. Go ahead, Twan. Well, KJ, I, I, I got to ask you this now. You you just alluded to that. You only, you only want to play for Seattle. You 32 years old, bro. What you going to do besides take care of your family? Now, you know, you coming on this side of the fence. You coming on broadcasting. You stand <laughs> to the game. Like, you might, you got to already have it figured out. What you going to do, man? Two options. I love media. I love talking ball. I could talk ball all day, every day. So the sports media is something that definitely interests me. But um, the other side is is working in the front office. I just Ooh. have um just just the thought of building a team, putting a team together from the ground up, um, drafting guys, scouting guys, um, you know, giving guys big contracts, all that good stuff. So that definitely intrigues me. And so we'll see. We'll see. Um, whatever it is, I know I'm gonna stay around ball. Yeah. And so that's just uh, those are the top two things that interest me right now. Coaching, can't do it. Maybe high school, but but the yeah. college and pros, I like I said, I got three little kids I got to see grow up. So I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna have to you know, take a rain check on that one. <laughs> this is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, B-Flow, Brandon Flowers, and Antoine Walker. And we're talking to NFL linebacker, 11 years in the game, K.J. Wright, won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks and is also a Pro Bowl. And, and K.J., you, you alluded to potentially maybe going into scouting, you know, for your next career being around football. Well, let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks and how they scouted and built a team around when you were there, right? The Legion yeah. of Boom. What, what was your greatest memory from the Legion of Boom? Man, honestly, just whenever we walked on that football field, you could just see that dudes, they knew what was coming. They, they knew what was coming. You could see the intimidation in their eyes, but the way that we practiced, practice was like game days to us. Mm. It was like game days, just surrounded by Cam, Earl, Sherm, Bobby, the D-line. It was just, there was no weaknesses on our defense. And um, how, how, how well we played together, I, I truly felt that we had a dynasty. We did have a dynasty in Seattle. And um, it went by so fast, though. It went, it went by way too fast, but um, I love my time with my guys. We still tight today. Most of the fellas live in Seattle, but um, what we put together was probably one of the top three defenses in the history of the NFL. Yeah, KJ, man, we appreciate you uh, stopping by with us. We got to get ready to wrap, but quick question. You answered in like 10 seconds. How much longer do you think Coach Pete coaches for, man? I'm going to say three years. 
Three years. Ah, three years. I like three that, years. Man. Go, go, go chill in Hawaii. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome back to I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my squad, Auntie Chantel Trimmertier and Antoine Walker. And we have a great guest for you guys tonight. Let's go. On live with us right now, the swaggiest punter in NFL history, former <laughs> all-pro punter, Marquette right. King. Marquette, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Just living it up as always, man. How y'all? We doing good. Uh, we good. Of, we good, hey, nephew. So, so let's let's jump right into it, right, man. I saw your tweet today. Um, this is the tweet that you said. You said, "I'm done fighting." Fifth African American punter in NFL history since 1920. All pro, top ten in all time punting average. And honestly, I looked it up. You're actually tied fifth with an average of 46.7 yards per punt. Cheers mm-hmm. to that. I'll take it. Is that a reti- is that a retirement tweet? What what, what was that? It's- I wouldn't consider a retirement tweet, but I feel like I'm being pushed to that in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to stop playing. I, I love kicking the ball. You know what I'm saying? I, I enjoy doing my job and setting the team up and everything. And for some weird reason, with the resume that I've created, I'm not getting any sniffs, no anything. So I kind of feel like I'm being blackballed, blacklisted, whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's kind of like taxing mentally because you mm. consistently – work your ass off every day and putting in work and you just don't know you just don't know well well, let's talk about what you also put on your instagram story you said being quiet allowed people to create bullshit narratives about me and i thought being quiet will get me another job in the nfl but none of that worked so i'm taking matters into my own hands now the info is officially coming from the actual source so what what did you mean by that 
Well, I got tired of people creating this narrative, almost putting an asterisk near my career, what I've accomplished throughout my whole career. And it's so aggravating. Um, people want to, instead of people putting these articles like where I got let go from the Raiders, so all of a sudden it's this thing saying uh, Marquette King has personality issues. And I'm like, how do people come up with that idea? Um, people saying I got a bad attitude. Like people just, it's almost like so many different narratives out there about me. And I've just been sitting back, not saying anything. Um, I've had agents that I've had before where they're like, you know what, just be quiet. I know you're emotional about it and it's aggravating, mm. but keep posting these kicking videos, show that you're working. And I'm like, I'm doing all this stuff that they're telling me to do and it's not working. And we'll still reach out to teams and it'll be like, well, we're not interested or he needs to get better at directional punting or blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just so aggravating. So it's like, you know what, whatever people want to know, about me just to clear up whatever this fake narrative that everybody is creating, I'm here to clear it up. Well, yeah, well, well you had a perfect segue because you talked about getting released from the Raiders and we, I think I think everybody has seen what happened between you and John Gruden. Why do you think you ultimately were released uh, by John Gruden uh, at the time with the Oakland Raiders? I honestly have no idea. Um, it definitely had to have been personal, I feel like, because when I showed up to meet John he, I started with gifts um, for him and Rich Basakia, the special teams guy that was there. Yeah. And um, it was just weird. Um, I showed up to bring him gifts. And as soon as I showed up, I was getting notified that I'm finna get cut. And I'm like, wow. what? And then I was hearing things before that, like where people were saying, um, special teams coach just doesn't like the way he rocks before he kicks. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then, once I showed up to the office, I was notified that I'm finna get let go. And I'm like, I thought I just finished like third in the league this year. Like, what else do I need to do? So I was just confused and it just made me so angry and just super confused. So that's why when I went to the Broncos, I just almost didn't want to play football anymore because, I mean, just to be honest, I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm a sore loser, dog. So like, mm. if I get beat or if I get outperformed, even, even when I'm playing against another team, making sure I do everything better than the other punter on the other sideline and trying to set my defense up the best way possible. And uh, it felt like I took a major loss when I got let go. And I got let go with no explanation to the point to where wow. if you look at the pay, you know, the slip that you get after you get cut. Yeah, uh, I've got the paper few. said, <laughs> yeah, the paper said that I got let go for, uh, because I wasn't able to match the competition that was there. And it wasn't even another punt on the roster. So, wow. That's the part that threw me off. And I was just so confused. I, I just couldn't function. So, so I just want to get some clarification on this. Rich Basaccia was the special teams coach at the time. And supposedly that the excuse they gave you was that he didn't like the way you rocked before you punted. That's the excuse I heard, yeah. Wow. But did, did he ever confirm that? He never confirmed it. I reached out to him through text and I didn't get a text back. And then the other time that I actually saw him before a game when the Broncos played the Raiders, yeah. Uh, in 2018, he's like, oh, man, you know, I was busy. And I'm just like, OK, <laughs> OK, wow. we, we we having this conversation. And, and so Auntie going to bring it real. Right. Let, <laughs> let's let, let, let's keep it real. Marquette. Like one people saying, OK, you had personality issues. No, you had a personality. Exactly. And yep. they didn't like yeah. that. They didn't like the swag. They didn't like that. You gonna run down. You gonna hit somebody, right? You're a poor loser. Yeah. You don't want somebody running that running that shit back on you. And you feel me? and you know, in that league, it's the punters are supposed to be, you know, 
like the kickers, sit back and not any attention on the punter, hmm. not any attention on the kicker. And you brought your personality to the league that wasn't ready. And, and that's what's not fair. And, and you're sitting here saying, you know, agents are telling you, you know, keep posting these kicking videos. An all pro kicker should not have to be posting <laughs> videos on social media to get a job and to reinforce his resume. What you've already done should be your resume. And, you know, it's stuff like that that just makes me so pissed at the NFL because it's so just political and things like that. And, and I just say, you know, you just keep being you, period. And if it's yeah. going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, but but don't don't shy away from your personality or change who you are for anybody at any time for any amount of money. I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. It means a lot. It means yeah. a lot. Now, now Marquette, you were a guy, and you know, I played against you twice, I believe, once with Buffalo and once with the Jets. We both to both times we traveled out to Oakland. You were a guy like to have fun, man. A guy once, you know, the ball was down within the 10-yard line. You'd break out in dances, right? I remember vividly uh watching film and seeing you and Travis Kelsey going back and forth on this horse dance and uh you guys yeah. going at each other. So I mean, do you believe that you were just a guy that was, you know, played the game before your time, right? Because literally as soon as you got released, and you went to Denver for a little bit. The NFL was all about celebrations, right? We got team choreographed right. celebrations. Guys are doing celebrations on their own, doing dances and things like that. But when you did it, it was kind of like frowned upon. Like, who is this punter think he is out here having a great time? But the thing is, your performance was still great on the field. Again, tied fifth all-time in NFL history, averaging 46.7 <laughs> yards per punt. Like, to me, it shouldn't matter, to Auntie's point, it, should, it shouldn't matter if you're out there having fun as long as you're doing your job. So do you think you ultimately were, you know, just too early, it was too early in your career, you were before your time? Because the, the NFL embraced celebrations literally a year or two after, you you know, you couldn't get a job. Well, I don't think I was before my time because, and like you said, I, I do like to have fun because life's too short. Like, something happened tomorrow and our where I'm in my deathbed, just chilling out. I don't want to regret anything, uh, any fun moment I get a chance to do. Um, I honestly don't think I was before my time. Uh, and if you remember, it's another punter, one of my pretty decent friends. He, he's somebody that I talk to every once in a while. When I see him, it's always joyful and good to connect with him. But Pat McAfee, yep. he, uh, he would get praised mm -hmm. a lot when he celebrated. Um, and sometimes it was, it was just kind of interesting sometimes where uh, because – no way I was Go ahead and say what you want to say, Marquette. <laughs> right. well, I don't even know why we're trying to say it. The punters in the NFL are supposed to be white. We got this one out of six punters, and he's black, and he got a personality, and he talks shit, and he and he got some swag. Are we not ready for that in the NFL? Let's say let's call it what field. it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's call it what it is. I'll say it. You don't have to say it because I don't need a job right. in the NFL. But this is the truth. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's entertainment sometimes when it comes from his direction and it would be considered antics when I would do something. And mm -hmm. I, I noticed that when I would just sit back and just watch closely. But like I said, um, I don't know, maybe it was just different. You know what I'm saying? Like, my swagger is different. And it's, a lot of punters and kickers never played receiver. I played receiver, so I've been yeah. around. And I went to HBCU, so... And I even got approached by another punter that uh, used to play for New Orleans. And he was questioning me about... Why do you celebrate? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Someone so had a really good career. He's kicked for three years and he had a great career. And I'm like, I didn't grow up like y'all. Like, I'm not like y'all. <laughs> I grew up way different. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can't expect me to act a certain type of way. But the people that that like me a lot, um, 
for the people that's actually got a chance to spend at least more than five minutes around you or right. two. If you, um, if a team calls, I'm sorry, go ahead, Anton. Go ahead. Well, I'm probably, I'm probably going to ask the question you asked. I mean, I think we're still about you, to ask that question. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you're still, obviously, you're still young, um, being 33. What have you done over the last three years just to keep yourself ready if that call happens? If you got to go kick right away, what are some of the things that you've done over the last three years to keep yourself ready? I think that's important for people to know where your focus at and how how serious you are about getting back into the league. So what are some of the things you've done to stay focused? Um, I've just been kind of practicing, just kicking and lifting weights. Um, I um, also lift weights because I do music. So, like, if I'm able to take my shirt off while I'm spinning, DJing on a stage or something, okay. you know, you got to have a nice little body. Okay. But also, <laughs> but also, like, you got to – I'm kicking in a place to where I'm, like um, – I'm in a place where if I got asked to go into a camp, I would need at least two weeks before I can get back to where I need to be. But, like, I'm just, like, I'm not going really ridiculous because, like I said, for the last three years I've been ignored. And, I mean, it's I've been pouring more of my interest into music a lot more than kicking. But the kick is like riding a bike, so it's easy to get back into that. Mm. This is I Am Athlete. Tonight, I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my teammates, Antoine Walker and Auntie Chantel Trimeter. And we're talking to all-pro punter, Marquette King, the swaggiest punter in NFL history. Marquette, you actually just talked about your music for a little bit. Why don't you, you know, break it down for us? Like, how did the music thing come about? How did you get really involved in the music game? I was in I was in the music world for a while when I was in high school, and as, as soon as football started becoming more serious, that's when I uh, pulled back. I pulled back when I went through college and everything. Did that, got to the NFL, and then probably like two, three years in, I would get so bored because you know kickers and punters aren't um, kickers, punters, and long snappers aren't around the team most of the time. So I had so much free time on my hand. I'll just get my laptop and just go in the room just work on beats and everything and would just start slowly singing my way on my own tracks and everything and started getting into it. And then now I got a, some awesome friends that I connected with. Um, my boy Blue and my boy Aubrey Banks, like they're just doing a bunch of awesome stuff for me. And uh, now I got music that streams on MTV, VH1, some of the streaming platforms. So it's so, just something so, to do that I enjoy. So nephew, now, now you know, not only do we got to do a trick shot together with auntie, right? Uh, <laughs> but we got to do some music. You know, I produced for I, I produced for Master P and No Limit when I was in uh, the WNBA. And um, so so I understand, like, having that other, you know, second love. My my question was almost on the lines of, of Mr. Walker. And my thing is, if I'm a GM right now, mm. right, and I'm calling you and I'm saying, you know what? I want you to come to camp. But I'm gonna need you to calm it down. I'm gonna need you to white it down. Let's let's be honest. I'm, I'm gonna need you to calm it down. Um, and if you can do that, you got a spot. What do you do? What do you tell me? I, I can calm it down. It'd have to be a margin between me going to work because now, since I've been sitting out, I see foot. I see football as a job. Uh, when I first got into football it felt like college, it was, it was, it was more fun, but like now watching how everything has happened within these last three years, I see it more as a job. So now if you want to, you want me to do that, it's a job. I'm still be the best at what I do. 
but it needs to be a fine line between me at work and me at home. I should be able to be myself, invent myself, be creative when I go home. But when it comes to me walking in that facility, I'll do exactly what you ask. Mm. I got one final question for you, Marquette King, and, and it's kind of like Auntie's question, right? Um, if, if a GM calls or, or a team or a special teams coach calls you, right, what do you want them to know about Marquette King, right? Because, again, we talked about it. People have talked about you've had all these antics. To me, they weren't really antics, right? You were just having a good time on the field. And, I, and I've seen some of your tweets, right? People were complaining about those unsportsmanlike conducts that you you drew a few of those, right? And, and so mm-hmm. talk about that first and foremost. And then, like, what do you want them to know about Marquette King to, to let them know that you're locked in and, and you're going to get the same guy that averaged 46.7 yards per punt during his career? Yeah, the penalties, I mean, it's part of the game. I understand a lot of punters don't get penalties and stuff, but at the same time, it's not like I'm out here breaking the law. You know, I'm out here enjoying the game, being entertaining and just being myself. And I don't know, I'm human. So people that have issues with the penalties that I've gotten in the past, like I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. But at the same time, it has it has been, what, four to five years since those penalties have occurred. And right. um. I mean, people grow, people evolve later on. So the people that don't understand that people evolve are just, I don't know what to say. They just need to pray or try to think outside the box a little more, you know? Um, there you go. And if I, if I was to meet a GM, I think what a GM needs to know, first of all, he need, we, just, we just need to go to lunch, get a glass of wine, and just talk. And I, love it. I think once they, like I said, once they spend two to three minutes with me, it's over. Like, they, they would definitely love who I am because – it was coaches that came to the Raiders before that did not like me when they first met me. And as we sat down and talked and got to know that I was genuinely who I am and I am acting in a way that I've always acted my whole life. They're like, you know what? I like him. So, and I still keep in contact with some of the coaches that I had. So they would just need to sit with me at lunch or somewhere and just get to know who I am as a person instead of judging me in the what one minute and 30 seconds that I'm actually shown on TV versus a three hour game. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll say this though, before we let you go, yeah. I, I, Marquette, I never, I obviously never met you and hearing your story today is, um, it, it resonates with me personally. Um, I, I left the game, not on my own merit. I was on the outside trying to get back in and, and then get in for a couple of years. I, I took a buyout in 2009 and I chased it for three years, kind of like what you're doing. So I can understand what you're going through right now when that phone is not ringing and you're trying to do everything you can to get back in. So I just want to wish you luck in that process of getting back in. And, and I, and I understand people need to understand how hard it is to something you love to do and it get taken away from you and and you don't get to lead a game on your own merit. It's always the most difficult thing to do for any professional athlete. So I just yeah. want to wish you luck and your quest to get back in. And hopefully, you know, you get that phone call and get an opportunity again. That's right. I appreciate you. Thank Keep you. making that music. Yeah, yeah. I, appreciate yeah. you oh, sticking by, Marquette. And again, man, good luck, like Antoine said. And there's no reason why you shouldn't have an opportunity to play. Again, tied for top five in, in, in punt average at 46.7 all-time in NFL history. So, I mean, the skill set is definitely there. So, I'm wishing you the best of luck. Thank you again for coming on and sharing your story on I Am Athlete tonight. Again, it's a safe space for athletes. We call this the locker room, and we just chop it up, and we appreciate you stopping by with us, man. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for letting me get on and talk. 
Already, man. Old media versus new media. This time, Skip Bayless versus Russell Westbrook. Now, Skip Bayless took to Twitter, right, during the NBA draft. Now, Lakers acquired a second-round pick, and they took Michigan State's Max Christie, who shot only 32% from three last season. Um, So this is what Skip Bayless said. He said, Lakers acquired a second-round pick. They took Michigan State's Max Christie, who shot only 32% from three last season. Perfect. He'll fit right in with LeBron and Westbrook speaking about Russell Westbrook. So Russell Westbrook was on Twitter. He saw this from Skip Bayless and he responded. He said, yo, watch your mouth. Don't say anything here you wouldn't say to my face. And Skip Bayless Bayless saw that response and also uh, responded and said, amazing and amusing how Russell Westbrook is trying to turn himself into a victim after he was such a nightmare for Laker Nation last year. All he has to do is shut up slash shut down us critics. It's simple. Make a shot and quit committing sad, sadly comical turnovers. <laughs> Critical fault. But it's but it's his critics' faults. <laughs> my, my bad on reading that. So Russell Wilson, Russell can we Westbrook. Cut, can we cut back on this read? <laughs> Anthony, what the hell are we doing here? What do you mean? I'm good. I'm good. Russell you Westbrook's sure? wife, Nina Westbrook. <laughs> chimed in on what Skip's original tweet said. And she said, it's very disheartening that you would choose to continue to shame my family name. Today was a really sad day for me and my daughters. The fact that you can't respect a simple request not to try to tarnish my family's name is saddening and such a pile on is extremely hurtful. So Brad and Marshall is Skip Bailey saying Westbrook going across the line or does that come with the territory? Listen, new media. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thank you. Thank you, Skip. You know, all, <laughs> all of us over here, the athletes and the artists, we're saying thank you because you're giving us an opportunity, you know, to, to have these conversations with these athletes. Yeah, I mean, look, bro, like at the end of the day, you know, it, it comes with the territory for athletes. We can't be we can't be sensitive. But I also think that we're in this we're in this day and age where, you know, we're, we're starting to have conversations like, you know, humanizing the athlete, respecting the athlete before it was like, you know, we can say whatever, do whatever with the athlete and the artist. And so, you know, this whole Westbrook, you know, uh, conversation, Westbrook, Westbrick, that's a big deal, man, because we do, you know, the, the most important thing, one of the most important things that you you have is your is name, your name. Yeah. right? And, and and he's worked hard to, to build up a legacy for his kids, kids. And then you have a guy like Skip Bayless go out there and, and, and you know, and do this to build a career and a, a whole soundbite off of it. Yeah, it, it can be tough, but, you know, I do think that uh, athletes, we got to be thick skinned and, and, you know, you know, we got to be tough with these conversations. So did he take it too far? Uh, I, I don't think so, man, because, yeah. you know, there's people call me uh, Butterfingers. Mm. You understand? So, but, but I think he says it's different because this is actual last correct, name. That correct. Using. But, but it's like at the end of the day, the way, the only way you can make it through as a professional athlete at this level. Now, we're talking about the stars. Yeah. Bro, every day someone's talking about 100%, us. 100%. Yeah. You understand? Someone Every day somebody's writing something, an article about us, you know, good and bad. And you got to pro- approach both the same. If you approach the good, right? Yeah, I heard someone say this. If I, if I accept the good, then that means I also have to accept the bad from, you know, media people and news and, and news, news uh, people in a part of the, the, the newspaper industry, 
Excuse me. Now I sound like you <laughs> see how it happens when you talk. Trash? Nah, that wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> Pac-Man, man. Do you think Skip Bellis was taking it too far by calling him West Brick? Oh, I don't. Um, it just seemed like the basketball guys are a little bit more softer than the football guys. Um, they can take us way, way oh, these harder, new, these new, these way new harder football than, guys than the basketball too. guys. But um, it's hardly ever where you can say something when you play a bad game in football. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. It's the same thing with the season that Westbrook had. Was it on him or the coaching or the role, whatever it may be? Um, he didn't shoot the ball good this year. So um, for for that, where I I don't think um, it was it was that bad at all. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was crazy. I mean, I think media guys and, and analysts and hosts have said something way worse. And I get Westbrook being upset because that is part of his name. And like Brandon said, that's something that's really important to you. It's your family name. Right. So you want to stand behind that. But also, man, and, and Brandon, we've talked about this before, like right. family members got to stay off social media. Like I understand his wife coming to his aid, but what, I mean, they ain't gonna do nothing but more harm than good. You coming to, to, to his aid to say like, you know, it was a hard day for you and your daughters. And I understand that. And I respect that. And I empathize with that. But right. Like if I'm Russell Westbrook, I'm like, man, I, 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 just, I used to tell my mom all the time, like, yo, stay off social media. Right. Right. Cause people can go all day. This is their job really is to mess with us and what we're doing in our livelihood. So like you responded to a fan or even to an analyst, like, yeah, yeah but really in this situation, we're talking about their last name. Right. Yeah. So let, let's, 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 let's approach it this way. All right. So, if they don't say anything mm-hmm. 15, 10, 15 years from now, you know, part of his legacy is going to be, oh, no, what? man. Hell no. I'm not going to let hold you. On, hold on. Uh, no. There's no way. Hell no. Hold on. Can, can I just, can I lay out the scenario before you Go knock ahead. it down, Pat, please? <laughs> 10, 15 years from now, Pat, if you don't fight and you don't push back, People, we in the media, I am athlete, the OGs. We're going to pass the platform off to the younger ones. So we're going to have, we're going to be, I am athlete, OGs talking about, remember uh, back in the day when, when, when the Lakers made that terrible decision, they brought in West Brick. And we're going to be saying West Brick, West Brick. We ain't going to be talking about, you know, all the greats, the great Bro, stuff. That we were all, they're they going to talk about that. It's only Skip, I mean, say. Um, um, Skip Bailey. That's going to remember the West Broke thing, brick, brick, brick thing, thing. Yeah. but like, come on, B. Like, this is gonna tarnish his whole body stack of work, uh, resume that he's done. Hey, look, bro, it's, it's like when you get in trouble, what they say, don't make no comments until we go to court. Well, what's the rest book already been to court? He's been to court, he's, he's been, been found court. guilty this year, so hey, just, just, just die down for a little bit and don't come. What was he guilty of, Pat? Of bricks. <laughs> he couldn't shoot the ball this year. And that's my boy. Like, it was horrible. <laughs> he said of bricks. He was guilty of bricks. Man, coming that's through. crazy. They forgetting that this man averaged like a triple-double for his career. This man has one all Over his career. We said this year. We only talking about this year. What <laughs> have you done for me lately? And then like, how many, you, know, you act like you act like when you was in, he he act like I'm when he was playing that. and he was in the locker room he ain't never argue with reporters. Why did you? Let's talk about that. Oh, I say, what was your relationship See, while you were playing with the media? Yeah, huh? What was your uh-huh. relationship with the media when you were playing? My relationship was cool. I'm gonna tell you, you how I feel. Argue, I'm gonna get it off my chest. With anybody in the media? Huh? You never argue with anybody in the media? Uh, like once or twice, but it, it wasn't a. 
I have never gotten an argument about me playing bad. Now, about me off the field, yes. About me playing playing good, yes. What I've never been arguing about the way I was playing because my my play speaks for itself. Hey, but bro, you argue, but you argued about how they covered you or your teammates. I don't want to throw out certain situations because I don't know if we talked about this live yeah. before. But didn't you call Stephen A. Smith because how he was talking about one of your teammates before? Or, or Montez, was, but that that wasn't nothing to do with the way he was playing though. You that's get what, what I'm saying, saying though. That's different. He was, he's talking about how he how he playing. If you look at the film, you, if he was going to court, would he be guilty right now of bricks? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How much time they give you for that? Pat? I don't know. They get a lot of time for bricks, boy. Let's go to break. Hold on, time out, time out. Because Pat, not all the listeners is from where we from. Are you bricks? What is you bricks? bricks is? What's bricks? Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I no. Zach, tell these people what bricks is. Y'all bro. know what bricks is. Huh? They, they know what know, bricks they is. They know what bricks is. Hey, hey, get on the phone. Uh, on the... <laughs> hey, you know what a brick is? Do I know what a brick is, bro? Anthony, all right, Anthony, what's a brick? Come on, man. I'm from New York. That's offensive, Brandon. Of course, I know what a brick Want more I Am Athlete tonight? This your boy, B. Marshall. If so, you can get a new episode every night by subscribing to the main I Am Athlete Tonight podcast feed. We're on Mad Dog Sports Radio every weeknight, 7 and 9 Eastern. However, if you can't catch us live or you just want to hear the show again, you can always catch us on Apple or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. you XM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.